Well, greetings being Stephen Morrison here with this week's Conscious Politics Wednesday audio edition for Wednesday, June 2nd, where we look back on the last two pieces and see if there's anything more to say. There's always more to say, isn't there? So uh, what's most fun for me is seeing things that you guys have to say as a result of the words that I've thrown out there and then using that uh, for these audio additions. I sort of can't get enough of it, although I have also, on definitely more than one occasion, uh, admonished people for comments, which on the one hand I always want to see in here, uh, but sometimes I find myself struggling to respond, and then I realize I'm struggling to respond because whatever you have said in response to what I have said sounds like it's a different subject, and I'm just not wanting to go into it. So anyway, uh, I always welcome your comments, and hopefully we'll use them, and if I ignore them, then so be it. There'll come a time where I'll never get to all of them anyway. So two weeks ago, on May 23rd, uh, the piece was called Identity and Politics, not Identity Politics. And it's just such an important idea. And again, this is one of those spaces where for me personally, I'm no longer, or why, I'm no longer a psychotherapist and then became the spiritual workout guy because the spiritual piece comes into it. And psychology only has gotten me so far in my own life and in the work with clients. And this is one of those spaces, which is we identify with what are really nothing more than experiences we came to have as eternal beings in bodies. We are here to have experiences. This comes up all the time. In fact, just this morning in one of my classes, <laughs> this exact subject came up in the, in the context of somebody who was, you know, pretty much wanting to avoid bad change that comes and welcome the good change that comes and set herself up for living that way. But it doesn't work. You know, it's our judgment that any of these experiences are right, wrong, good, bad. Just her saying, you know, here's the category of experiences I'm willing to have, and here's a category of experiences I'm unwilling to have. And yet, as eternal beings in bodies, believing and trusting that it's all for something, and there are no accidents, then guess what? There's no difference between the experiences that we label and judge to be bad um, there's no difference between those and the ones we label and judge to be good. Obviously, we experience them differently. That's the whole point. And again, the point of that piece was to remind us and to encourage us always to, as Cindy said here, um, she's talking about her non-attachment to labels that others place on her right? Um, and that's exactly the thing, to just help us. There's nothing wrong with the various identities that we take on. It's just not the whole story. 
and the degree to which we can see ourselves first and foremost as eternal beings in bodies here specifically to have experiences, then that changes. If you, I, you tell me, but it feels to me like that just changes our whole approach and trajectory. And so I appreciate Cindy saying that she didn't, <laughs> she kind of evolved into this on her own. Uh, I was giving her a lot of credit for that. And she said it's basically her life experience that got her there. But again, this is just a reminder for all of us to realize that the experiences we're having are experiences that we came to have. And thus, it's not about resisting them or wishing they were different. It's about embracing them. And there's all kinds of juicy material inside of that. And that's the kind of stuff that we get to talk about in our monthly live interactive versions of this newsletter. So I'm going to move on from the identity and politics piece, which was published on May 23rd, to the most recent one called This is Not a Criticism of Black Criticism that was just published uh, the other day on May 30th. So a lot in this one, obviously, I shouldn't say obviously, there's supposed to be a lot <laughs> in all of these. And I just want to pick up on a couple of things in the comments. For example, and look, I was accusing some people of responding to what I put out with different subjects. And I very well may do that <laughs> If I respond to one of your comments, you might say, that's not what I meant at all. And we'll just kind of see what happens here. But one of the things that uh, David said um, was, he, he says, it's frustrating to bear witness, to bear witness to both the response of corporate America in this particular case and the knee-jerk everything we were talking about in the piece. And I just wanted to take a moment to underscore that idea of bearing witness, because to me, at a minimum, at a minimum, when we believe, as we do in this practice, that there are no accidents and that everything is for us and there's always something to it, sometimes it is simply to bear witness. From there, we, we want to listen to inspiration and see if there's anything that we feel more compelled or guided to do. There might be a whole lot. It might turn into a whole new career, or it might be simply to bear witness. But the, the part that I wanted to expand upon a little bit with the bearing witness is that's a me thing right? I'm bearing witness to this thing. I am seeing what I'm seeing the way I'm seeing it. Now, again, that might just be enough. But if there's any kind of a charge, if there's any kind of a reaction to what it is we are, any of us are ever witnessing at any time, that's the part that I just wanted to stop and expand upon for a moment, because there will be so much juice in that for an individual person. We talked a couple of weeks ago about the politics of me, the politics of we, which part, what, what's, what's upon me now? Is this a me thing or is this a we thing? 
And so for sure, when we bear witness, it is absolutely, at a minimum, a me thing. I'm bearing witness to this. I don't know if anyone's seeing what I'm seeing. I don't know if anyone's seeing it the way I'm seeing it, but I'm certainly seeing it. And I, that's not an accident. So can I then just move into a space of listening to inspiration, as we like to say, for, again, any guidance, any energy compelling us as a result of what we're witnessing to go and do something. So thank you for that. And I also uh, wanted to pick up on some of what Holly was saying also in response to this piece about uh, that I called, this is not a criticism of a black criticism. You know, that whole piece was about, wow, we're on the same side here, kind of, and yet we're going about things so very differently. And, you know, I personally, that's a place where I can feel some pain. You know, the distance bet between allies, certainly in the political realm, political allies who want essentially the same things and have such different ways of going about it. Um, and Holly was relating to that. And she said a lot, and thank you for that, Holly, if you ever hear this. Um, and talking about how to re-educate other people, you know, and, and, and acknowledging that it's preposterous to argue, but how to re-educate other people really and truly in, in the work that we're doing here and the consciousness that we're cultivating, it's never going to be about re-educating people that aren't looking to be re-educated. In other words, those who are on a different path, you know, in my language, really embodying the old consciousness are not people that we need to spend a lot of time with. Again, sometimes we live with them, sometimes we sleep with them, sometimes we work with them. And I say them, you know what I mean. There's a, I, don't, I don't mean to set up an us and a them thing, but there are people who are here specifically and absolutely holding the old consciousness and they always will. There are people who are utterly committed to the new consciousness and always will be, and there are some in between. So my approach to this is always just kind of going over here and cultivating the new thing here and attracting to us anybody who's even remotely interested in what we're talking about. So it's not ever going to be from where I sit about re-educating people. It's just about starting the conversation in a different place, cultivating that, gaining energy and momentum around that, and thus attracting to that others of like mind and spirit. And also Holly talks about the solution being everywhere possible, expanding consciousness and modeling humanist awareness. And I think, Holly, we're saying a very similar thing in that regard. You know, path of least resistance. If we're arguing and fighting and embroiled in us versus them and right versus wrong, it's futile. It's utterly, completely, totally futile. I, for one, am personally glad that I have an understanding now of how futile it is because I used to bang my head against the wall a lot, a whole, whole heck of a lot all the time repeatedly because I just thought I'll convince them. They'll see the light. 
well, maybe you've had better luck than I have. Anyway, I thank you all for your time and attention to this, I believe, worthy conversation about cultivating conscious politics here in the United States of America. Mark your calendar, the next uh, spiritual workout for politics and current events where we can talk in more detail about this will be on Tuesday, June 22nd. And we already have on the agenda creating a collective intention for world peace. That came up in our spiritual workout class. It's something some people uh, I think want to do. So we will put that on our agenda for what is otherwise a drop-in class where we welcome conversation about any of it. So until then or some other time, peace.